Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, if you're one of those people, if you're one of those people, thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda and water in the fridge. I demand a cheers. Cheers, everybody. Thanks so much. Yes. Thank you. Do you thank people at Cheers? I don't know. That doesn't make sense, but thanks. How's everybody doing today? I'm sitting here with the metal band, doom metal, dark, scary, spooky, real, real evil stuff. Make some noise for my friends in the band Whorehound. (laughs) Thank you. Hold your applause. Thanks. Shy returning to the show for a third time. Mm-hmm. Happy you. to have you back. You've brought some of your uh, your better your uh, your other halves with you here. Yes, yes. This is uh She has the, multiple uh, halves. Yes, <laughs> this is uh, the closest relationship I've ever had in my life with anybody. So yes, these are my guys. Yeah, I mean, being in a band can be pretty emotional. Yes, it's a lot of you're expecting a lot of people. You're can you put all this time and energy and money. And passion into this thing that, you know, if you don't, unless you give a shit about it, you're not really going to be getting much else out of it. Turns out most people can't. So yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to do. It's really, really hard. It's to not do. for everyone. Yeah. No. Everybody that thinks that can, can be in a band, I highly suggest you don't. <laughs> uh, you should go through a rigorous test. You should go through a rigorous test of uh, like, you know, like kind of like a boot camp just to see if you could do it before you launch a band. Well, I suppose that, you know, we're we're all I'm assuming everybody at this table right now is in their 30s, if not more. I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty old. Everybody's old. And I feel that at this stage in life, the past two decades should have been the figuring it out. So now when I'm still dealing with people that haven't figured it out that have supposedly been playing in bands since high school, I'm like, how are you still like this? It's incredible. <laughs> but some people are just, they're just the way they are. Oh, 100%. I think a lot has to be said. You know, uh, if you look at, uh, not that you get a real job application when somebody's being, asking to be in your band, but I feel like a lot can be said by, you know, how many bands sometimes a person has been in over the years it's like why have you been mysteriously not in all of these bands over the years and then you work with them for a couple months you're like oh because you're miserable (laughs) (laughs) well i was going to say when shy said you know jokingly don't be in a band like don't try it you know i think the best test for me was being i was in a band i was in one band before this one and uh it was with mike who was the original guitarist that i started that we started whorehound with and for a lot of reasons that band's not together anymore but it was like the best thing about that band was it was a learning experience about what being in a band means and uh what expectations you should set for being in a band yeah and how you should set expectations around other people because that's probably the hardest part i think about being in a band is what you expect of other people and what how realistic those expectations are Mm -hmm. over the years the thing that i've found the hardest to deal with is that difference between you know Obviously, you usually start bands with your friends, but sometimes if you have somebody in your band that's a friend, but they're like a shitty band member, yeah, it could be really hard things. to yeah. like, you know, just kick your friend out of your band. But you kind of just got to rule number it. two. If you do start a band, don't start it with your friends. You can become friends with those people, but you don't want to. It's a, it's a yeah. business. You have to look at it more of a business because if not you're going to be in a band that you don't have fun in. I mean, it's possible. Not everyone, yeah. not everyone, but like it's you have to be an exceptional crew of very positive, happy go lucky people. I think it's just something to be super duper aware of. There's yes. plenty of bands that I know that have a potential that I feel is much higher than where they currently are. And you know that the reason why they're being held back is just because of, one fucking turd in the band <laughs> and you know it and like you can't like sometimes i say it to people sometimes i don't it depends on how well i know them but things happen yeah yes so we're here today to talk about your band whorehound 
Whorehound with an H. Whorehound. That's, <laughs> that, that's what I say to any like woman over 50 who clearly isn't into music at all. Oh, what's your band name? It's Whorehound with an H. Because yeah, I don't know. I, f- I feel like I have to rectify that I'm not a whore. Whorehound? Yes. She's a hound. I am, well, I am a hound. But yeah. So what's been going on in the Whorehound camp in a... In a positive light. We got some new stuff coming out this year. We got some shows. What's cooking in the kitchen? My favorite new thing about our band is Russ, our new bass player. <laughs> Russ. <laughs> Oops. Uh, Russ. <laughs> He's that guy. It's okay. Um it's like literally not important. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry about I feel bad. Uh, Russ uh, auditioned with us, and we're like out of the people that we auditioned, we were like, "Here, just learn these two songs." And if you're feeling extra, whatever, go for this third one. He just like learned our entire catalog in a week, and then came out and played. <laughs> Yeah, and, and killed like, it. So, like, nailed was, uh, it and killed it i just it assumed sound- i assumed i was the only one to audition yeah that, was it. that was it no we uh he's We've a been best friend since third grade yes no that is not <laughs> no true. we keep it purely professional yeah um no he uh he can tell the story where he's from and what he's done but um yeah how'd you come into contact with russ how'd Craig's, you enter the picture craigslist craigslist we're yeah. we're an old school band we find most of our people through craigslist yeah that's how the band started actually yeah yeah wow which is like surprising because Craigslist is incredibly difficult to find people through. And it's all, like, I feel like once you get into the music scene, you you have kind of established bona fides, you know, and you have acquaintances and you can just, you know, through word of mouth, try and reach out to people. But it's so flaky on Craigslist, like reaching out to people and trying to get a response. And yeah. So, but the band was started that way. And I mean, that's how we found Russ. And there's been plenty of bands that i've had on the show that have like started with craigslist too so even as daunting as it seems yeah, it's yeah. been very successful for a whole lot of bands oh for sure yeah so russ you live in the area yep you've lived here for a while uh going on five years okay uh, moved so, up here from nashville oh okay all right so i thought it would be really funny if like all these years you were just around <laughs> being this bass player because i'm pretty sure whorehound's been a band longer than five years or around five just years? about five years just actually. about five years yep. right so that's just funny if you just would have been floating around the whole time <laughs> and nobody knew. But the the city's a lot bigger than I think a lot of people like to say that it is. I mean, it's small in a lot of ways, but also you don't fucking know everybody. There's no way that you know everybody. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, I grew up in Iowa, so there's as many people in Pittsburgh as there are in the whole state of Iowa. Mm. So it's kind of like everything's just here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was looking through Craigslist ever since I moved here, and it was always stuff that didn't really interest me. And I'd seen these guys at Ruggers, I think, and liked them. And then when I saw the ad, I was like, oh, I like all these bands. And so, yeah, sent an email and said I was probably too old. He did that's what that, most yeah. of the ads, you know, they'll say like 21 to 29 or something. But yeah, we would never really limit. I mean, obviously, you need to be an adult or whatever. You know, just be able to get we are bars older. Is basically the only age but yeah, like yeah. as long as you're over 21, because you can't be. A, I would say Pittsburgh, but it's even bigger than Pittsburgh. You can't, you know, really go on tour and any all of the venues are bar venues, so you kind of have to be over 21. But yeah, uh, our band's progressively getting closer to my age. <laughs> it's more fun for me because <laughs> when we first started, I was like the old one. So. I have been the youngest person in the band the entire time that the band has existed. I'm not the oldest anymore. Thank you, Russ. That's true. You're welcome. That's nice. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. People coming together, all ages. That's right. Through ages. the power of heavy metal. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it brings us together. The yeah. world goes around. <laughs> so now you got Russ in the band, new music. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, we've been working uh, pretty extensively on writing new music. Um, after we brought Russ in, he kind of uh, <coughs> he he came in, and we <coughs> we hadn't been writing a lot. We we we'd kind of been uh, in stale, you know, for a while. But when 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 he came into the band, we had had books or gigs booked, like you know, through the rest of the year. So we kind of had to satisfy those those requirements. And you know, thankfully, like we said, he literally showed up to the audition and knew almost our entire catalog. Um, 
so there wasn't really much of a training period as far as getting him up to speed with our songs and and the feel um and so once we got through the gigs that we uh that we had i kind of you know in in agreement with the band decided like we need to like get down to brass tacks and like write you know uh writing is my favorite part writing and the playing out are my favorite parts by far i mean writing probably sometimes even more so than uh the playing out just for the, cre- the creative process i like a lot so um we've been writing a lot and um I don't know, I just really like the stuff that we've been coming up with. Uh, we were getting much closer to the direction I think that we've had in mind for a long time. So that's really exciting, you know, um, but uh, hopeful to keep keep the writing going and uh, at the pace that we've been writing at too. So That's awesome whenever that energy happens and the output just starts meeting your unrealistic expectations. Yes, yeah. It could be really, really hard. It's a rare thing, but, you know, grab that bull by the fucking horns and... Ride it, cowboy. Yeah, especially Hell after yeah. such a long period of like not really being able to get anything written, you know, um, just through different personalities and, and personnel changes. Uh, it gets difficult to keep things consistent, especially if you're bringing in new people and working on stuff uh, or, you know, working them up to speed on things. So after an extended period of not really getting anything finalized or complete it's been nice to like actually make real progress on writing stuff that you're excited about so. you know i feel like there's different styles of bands and some bands may have a more elastic vision of what their output is in terms of like oh you can get a bunch of minds to sit down at the table or in the space and someone might have an idea that's a little outside of the box and they're like okay well let's do it and this isn't a slight against whorehound but i imagine I feel that Whorehound's output is intentionally a lot more focused to something that's more specific in the realm of like, you know, doom, slow, heavy, you know what I mean? You're not going to have, you're not going to get wild and out of salsa part anytime soon. Right. Oh, actually, Whereas, we do have some salsa parts. We have <laughs> yeah, like two or three. So we're changing things up. The, the point that I'm getting at is that <laughs> I imagine that it could be hard to find people that also have like a vision that's very as focused as what you've had over the years and the, yeah. that uh, what you've been trying to the goal you've been reaching to that you said you were finally getting to. Right. Brennan and I have been the only consistent thing through Whorehound, uh, that and the fact that we write the music, um, and we are always kind of driving towards something, but we're still driving towards it. We're not even there yet, but with each record, we're more excited. Yeah. You know, like we're, we are growing as like, uh, you know, and to add Ross to it, like, I feel like we're actually starting to get, more towards that goal than we've ever been. And like, we're finding ourselves. I like it. I like what we're, where we're going. Yeah. And to, to that point, I think too, um, you know, in the past it was, it's primarily shy and I talking about direction, you know, behind the scenes all the time about what, what we want. But I think we've been pretty, pretty open about talking with Russ and just generally as a band saying like, you know, this is kind of the direction we want to go in. And it's not like we say like, we need to write, slow or we need to write this or we it's got to be doom it's just like we i guess we have an idea in mind of what what whorehound should sound like what whorehound songs should sound like yeah and um everybody's a lot closer uh everybody seems to be more agreeable and understanding of what that is so it's a lot easier to write towards that end mm-hmm. yeah and i even see like in our growth that like we're just actually better than we started at doing what we do like we because we've been working at it so much more. I was a shit singer when I started. I never did it really before, especially like lead singing. Um, I never really had the opportunity. I kept trying to start some bands and it never actually came to fruition or you would write so long and then someone in the band would be so disagreeable that you just, it just never got there. Uh, But Brennan is the first person I was able to actually ride on out and actually record together and then gig together. And like, we're just, we're still learning each other and like we're getting more comfortable and like I feel like we're just getting better through time because of that. You mm-hmm. know, like there's a confidence growth uh, where some people start off with that confidence and so then they kind of stay stagnant to whatever they landed on. So I feel like uh, not that to use the term progressive with music, uh, but I think we're progressively getting better, you know. I think that so. that's that's the goal. Yes. It's like- well, a lot of people like uh, even like the bands that are like high and have been touring very like well like the bigger bands and are seeing they're still broke people most of them um they still don't make as much money they're still underground and diy but like the people that everybody knows and goes to support like a lot of their music still sounds like their first record 
Yeah, which sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like, um, well, so, I mean, some of some of them really did start, or maybe waited before they started producing or something and got their sound. Uh, but like, I'm glad that we went about it the way we did, just to get it off the roots or whatever. And yeah, yeah, everybody does stuff for different reasons. I imagine there are some bands that like all I want to do is tour. I just want to live this lifestyle. So if I find a sound that is successful and we could just keep, you know, repainting the same fucking thing and re-releasing it, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like I find in my douchiness of hearts, I find it difficult to call those people artists. Yeah. They're more just like kind of like they're almost like con men might be a bit of an extreme term but it's just like do you really care about the craft of this genre or or do you just want to be in a touring band yeah right yeah they they were creative once yeah and now they're just using that right and Mm -hmm. and just moving forward yeah i mean we want to tour a lot too but um like i said the creative process for me is the most fulfilling part of all of it you know uh with with playing out a very close second i mean i love i love road gigs i love local gigs i love all of it um but uh it's it I can't imagine not wanting to like improve and like make the songwriting better. Like I just, I don't know what that mindset is. Well, I find too, you also have bands that have their sound. that's very much the same yeah. and it's never going to change, but then they have like these side projects that are super artistic and creative. So it's like, okay, well maybe, you know, sleep's going to be the same band forever. Yeah. But then you have like, an ohm or whatever right where it's like oh this is a little bit more creative and outside the box and it's maybe not as big of a project but this is i'm getting my creative output with this but this other band is kind of like the the paycheck just just keep rinse wash repeat with this because we can just keep packing out you know thousands of people in venues yeah I don't know. It's hard. I've never been in a position where I've been in a band that put out a record that did really well. And who knows what I would do? Right. What would you do in yeah, that position? No, I mean, I think, I think that's a real, it's, uh, that's a real thing that happens. I mean, I think that, you know, these bands probably get the success they didn't think they were going to get. And then you have to make a real decision. It's like, do we, do we stick to the formula or do we keep trying to, to improve upon yeah, sure. it. Or you have bands that, you know, they get popular for one thing and then they try to do something different. Yeah, and everyone And everybody it. gives them shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, your, oh, your that, that Mastodons happens. or your Baroness and Dude, those, the those black, bands. That oh, happens Baroness. to small bands. <laughs> yeah. uh, I decided to start um, doing some more growling or I call it scrowling because it's between a scream and a growl sometimes <laughs> uh, on our second album. And we have just... I don't know. Maybe more people thought about it than one person expressed, but one person just <laughs> Stood deeply. <laughs> I mean, just this band in Pittsburgh that just put this record out that was like kind of more stoner rock. And then the next one was like a little bit more sludgy and she growled and she ruined it all is basically, yeah. you, you don't know what you're fucking doing. Do you, you why guys, would she you scream? Now she's ruining it. Ruined it. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, this, it was, it was incredible. This guy was sending, amazing. sending these emails about how much he hate. Like it wasn't just one. No, it was multiple emails. I, oh, he 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 posted it in like our through our band camp and then yeah. through our email and like he was just really wanted us to know that he did not want me to s- not say. I have to show you the chain. Huh. I started I started yes. fucking with him too. It's like the but uh, it's just like this. It's like a reverse <laughs> opeth effect. But yeah, just, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Is, it really is. Uh, yeah. But like it's just kind of like I started correcting his grammar in the email. If you don't like it, you also don't have to listen to it well i mean like straight <laughs> like, up there's there's something unhinged with that with that right. human being yeah no for and sure you gotta kind of empathize with but it there there like, are so like for that person to have known us in our small in our small little world i couldn't imagine actually being like a larger band that does well that actually changes anything what you would receive in those emails like they probably mm-hmm. it's probably think, ridiculous yeah i mean it, imagine the, the and i hope mail. they're standing imagine there laughing the like we did over. when yes. we saw it like i wasn't even upset i was like whatever dude <laughs> okay yeah it, it's it's really complicated because you know, everybody's intentions and reasons for doing things are different you know what i mean you yeah. could say you know sure opeth maybe they stopped doing the the growly stuff as an artistic expression or maybe they did it because they wanted to become more commercially viable. Right. Or maybe they did it because they're all like in their 50s and just fucking over it. Yeah. Like, there's plenty. Of, that's probably it. Well, that's like the Black Keys for me, man. Like the, the, the first couple Black Keys albums. I mean, when I first started playing um, guitar 
seriously and like tried to start playing in bands like the sound I, you know i literally went to guitar center to one of my friends that worked there and i was like i want to sound like the black keys like what pedal do i get you know yeah and he gave me a swollen pickle and like i played with that and i the the early albums of the black keys i thought were the greatest thing ever and um you know after attack and release it was a lot more commercial you know they put out like lonely boys oh, sure. stuff like that. all hockey music yeah and so you know maybe you know, like to your like to your point like maybe that's genuinely the creative direction they wanted to go in and it really wasn't driven that much by commercial success um maybe they were tired of like doing two guys like they're the whole band being two guys and wanted to expand the sound like either way it sucks for me because i don't like it but you know i'm sure they had their reasons for doing it but there's a lot of bands like that baroness is one of them too like after the blue album i just was like i'm out yeah it's 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 hard to tell like sometimes i feel like with Baroness in specific, just because we're talking about them, I feel like that was just the path that they decided to take creatively. Yeah. Because it's not like... And they had a lot going on, too. I, I mean. still feel that even though I don't like their music anymore, I still feel like there is artistic, creative qualities to it. Like, the, it's still really good songwriting. Like yeah, everything's absolutely. really well put together. It's not just like just throw it at the wall verse chorus nonsense right yeah it's just an evolution i just straight up don't like his vocals anymore I, everything else i mean the instrumentation is always gorgeous yeah it's yeah, he, yeah i guess he's not uh a super strong uh singer some people do i mean but a lot of people Purple do like won a it, grammy yeah. right you yeah know? totally so a lot of people must like it. it's just not for me you know yeah absolutely they, they cycle through a bunch of band members too so i'm sure that right oh, yeah, that, that makes a difference that whole bus years, crash sure. and you know they lost their entire rhythm section and had to start with new people and yeah. <laughs> but also like thinking about that kind of music with somebody that's more of like a properly trained vocalist it would probably sound even worse <laughs> there's something yeah. kind of like a gruffness to it that still gives it that uh that edge that, right i mean that's that's that, why i liked his early vocals because like you know he's not the greatest uh heavy vocalist but something about it combined with the with the style that he, they had he sounds fantastic. like him you know, yeah, like you can yeah. put it on, and that band sounds like that band, which yeah. is cool. It's like whether I like it or not, I always have a lot of respect for bands that can at least find a sound. Yeah, and yeah. it's not very like I think that's like, I will, important. I will yeah. buy every Baroness record when it comes out too, <laughs> even though I don't really care for them anymore. Yeah. It's just because they were so good. I've never yeah, cared for them, but but I feel but I do feel like what you were saying. They are artistic and they're good at what they do. They just never picked me up. Mm-hmm. They never got in my head the way they do with some people. So and that just happens. Uh, but like uh, when people find out that I'm not a fan of Mastodon or Baroness, they're like surprised because I guess I should like all, all of the metal. I don't know. Like I, you know, but like those are the two biggest bands that people are always like, how do you not like them? That just doesn't pick me up. Yeah. I get that Sometimes it happens. I have a problem with overformulated music too. When I can expect every moment I kind of start getting bored with it. Sure. It's kind of what's music takes you on a journey, but what's the point of the journey? If you know, if you like can predict exactly a lot of people love that pop music is the most popular. It's predictable, but I I still love people know when they can come in and sing, you know, there's a chorus, there's a verse, there's that structure. Well, I I think it's weird. There's different reasons for listening to different genres of music. Yeah. With pop, I never listened to it expecting a journey. For pop, I always analyze like, wow, like this is what the gold standard for modern production is right now. This is interesting to hear. Yeah, it's interesting also to hear like specific use of like simplistic rhythm, chord, and melody, but yeah. in a used in a really effective way. And that feel just feels that like a, like a dopamine hit too, right? You sure. Know? Yeah, and I feel like you can listen to a lot of that stuff and you can incorporate it into any style of music. Regardless of even if it's something super heavy, you know, a good song that's structured properly is still a good song that's yeah, structured properly. 100%. And a good hook is still a good hook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing that I find like, uh, especially with uh, metal bands suffer from the most. I have seen so many metal bands that have great parts but they can't glue a song together yeah. because they suck at transitions. Yeah. Oh, the, the, and, you mean the ring out? eight times a song just to go from part to part sure that kind of stuff <laughs> that, or it drives like me nuts any yeah. any there's a, a much or just slamming parts into yeah each other. i think that's more there's aggressively a, there's like a lot of what's it's, going on it's here? tough too it's tough i mean we we struggle with that a little bit um we try and not as best. much as a lot of bands do. no not as much but i mean like you know we've definitely been you know put stuff on on the cutting board and just been like we're we're not using this yeah now. you know because I'll, I'll usually the, the process is like we'll we'll come together and, and put put 
something, some ideas together that we think sound good. And uh, we'll jam on it for a couple practices. And, you know, like I may come in or Russ or Shy may come in. And I'll be like, you know, does it just sound like we're pushing parts together? And if I have that feeling and more than one person has mm-hmm. that feeling, it's like, all right, well, you know, like back to the drawing board because that's the, just. It has happened, but it doesn't happen. No, often. it doesn't happen all the time. But I'm just, you know, it, it's, it can be tough to, to write. It's the biggest thing that I've learned from pop music is just like the power of a good transition yeah. and how to, to stitch parts yeah. together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a friend in a band and he told me recently that like, and I love the band, like I'm a fan of the band. He told me recently that they will write a song, break it all apart end up like they'll they'll create a song then they'll deduct it then they'll deduct it again and then they only ended up with one riff and they start writing it all over again i was like you so do that with every song album then what's that <laughs> yeah and i'm just like how how do you get anything done sure. that way you know but like that's i love their music so it's working somehow mm-hmm. for them you know so i guess just you know whatever your process is with the people that you have yeah i think that just being able to really analyze your own music honestly and not think that your kid's the cutest fucking kid in the world. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Being able to admit <laughs> that your kid's kind of yeah. ugly. But our kid <laughs> is kind of cute. <laughs> but yeah, you just got to like look at yourself and like ask those yeah. questions and don't do something just to do it or like that. Uh, well, we'll figure it out later. And then it eventually just becomes the way the song is. It's the worst. Well, that's why the communication thing is so important. You know, like we try, uh, you know, I try and keep myself honest because like, you know, I write, I write a lot of riffs on my own time and I'll bring them in and like, I like them a lot sometimes. And, um, but I always want to know, like, I, <laughs> I genuinely want to know when I play it, if Russ likes it and if Shy likes it, because if everybody's not feeling it, it doesn't really, it's not that enjoyable to work yeah. with a song. You know what it's I mean? hard. I mean, you never know though, because sometimes like you might have a riff that's kind of like, eh, you know what I mean? It's like a, I don't know, like some sort of a, a condiment, you know, it's like, like, like a mustard or something. Yeah. And, you know, like mustard by itself is like, ah, whatever. Right. But, but you know, maybe greater. fucking Russ lays down a bratwurst of a bass line and all of a sudden you got a power combo. He, really, know, he lays down so, serious bratwurst bass line. So sometimes <laughs> something that seems mediocre can be really complemented well with something else. So you never know. It's always good to bring everything to the table. Oh, for sure. It's yeah. also surprising, too, if you write something that you don't necessarily like and everyone's like, that's great. That's it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, so, I'm, Russ, why are you bringing us stuff that you n- don't necessarily like in the first place? I don't eat bratwurst. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the other thing, too, is veggie worst. <laughs> I've found beyond brat. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> With metal in particular, I've played in different styles of music over the years, but my experience working with people in metal over the years is I find that guitar players in metal tend to have a harder time playing things that aren't somewhat technical comfortably They feel like it's like this thing where, Oh, like if something is easy to play or too simple, that doesn't, it's like, it's not good. Like it's not complex enough. It's not interesting enough. And it's like, there's going to be more to this song than your guitar part. Yeah. And sometimes all the part needs is something simple because everything else that's going on. Yeah. I, I think, think we base our all of our sound off of simplicity. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I could see it maybe being a little bit easier for you. I'm just like thinking. Not like, saying that there's no creative direction or no, any saying, idea yeah. behind it. You're not but like, like shredding. No. 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 Shredding in Whorehound. Russ and I were just talking about that earlier today. Like when I, when I started playing guitar and the stuff that I listened to was definitely not, you know shreddy yeah i mean you mentioned the black keys yeah i mean like i I grew up like i started playing guitar and i learned the blues you know basics you know so like everything i do is basically based out of the pentatonic scale you know and it's there's there's not a ton of variation there and i knew pretty early on that i didn't have the patience and i i don't know that i had the technical facility to to shred i just don't think that that was ever going to be me and i still like that stuff and i still listen to that stuff but um i think we're kind of fortunate that uh in the style of music we play, simplicity is a little bit. Uh, it's key. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a little bit and more. And there's important. juxtaposition, I would say, with the way I approach vocals for the style that we play, where it's not bluesy. I mean, there, I have my blues moments uh, that are usually inspired by Brennan's playing. Like, I would never, ever come up with that moment alone. But I. I do like a lot of softer atmospheric things when he's playing bluesy or just like a shredding riff. Uh, yeah, I don't totally. do with the typical. And then like sometimes I growl and that's not a typical 
I mean, not atypical or, you know, like I just, I guess it's not what you're the go-to is for the genre. I'll say like, so it kind of the juxtaposition there and I'm still doing simple stuff. It's just simple stuff and a different kind of feel to it. And that works out. Yeah. I feel like there's a landscape that whorehounds music paints where you have this like, you know, real dark environment and the things that you're doing vocally could go from sounding like, you know, like the breeze and the wind that's carrying through to like the thunder and the craziness and just like all the like elements. Right. It's like the the band, the music is the landscape and your vocals like implement all of the different elements that happen in nature is mm-hmm. a way that I think about your music and music that's like that. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, I think that, you know, like I said, I, I, I don't really write very technical stuff. I'm not a very technical guitarist. And so I think that we try and get, if we try and be complex, it's more with the structure of the song and not with the parts themselves, you know, like trying to make it interesting by doing things that, you know, not doing first chorus first. Yeah. You know? So I'd be interested, like, you know, just thinking about like with my experience now with Ricky and Evan and Gray Walker, sometimes it's, you know, talking with them about like, you know, it's okay for something to be a little bit simpler here. Yeah. Do you ever come across a moment where you feel like something might be too simple and it needs to be more technical? I think that more often than not, we're trying to push too hard to be different sometimes when the simple answer is, is the easiest. Less answer. is more. Yeah. 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 I think that happens more often than not. We're like, um, we're trying to like transitions. Like we talked about earlier. It's like the biggest thing, like, you try and do so much to make the transition work. And at some point you're just like, you know, this just, this just doesn't work. Why are we doing this like this? Why mm-hmm. not just right. try and do it at its most basic. And yeah, we're always overthinking like, it. We always bring up kiss and like how like the joking acronym for the band kiss was keep it simple, stupid. Right. Yeah. So it's always this like, you know, when we're having struggle, like with, with a part where it's like kiss, keep it simple. Like let's dumb this down. We're trying way too hard. We're not the fucking Dillinger escape plan. Like just fucking, <laughs> I thought you up. kind of sounded like kiss a little bit. Yeah, I heard that. I mean, the mentality, you know, just but um, and makeup. Yeah, the paint. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the boots. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but like going back again to like my favorite thing about the band right now, the new favorite thing about the band right now is Russ, is because Russ is very adapting to any situation, but he still has his own sound, and it's kind of in between. Yeah. It's more of a straight metal bass than we've had throughout the career, but it fits like it, it fits enormously well with our sound and he he kind of is actually bonding the i think with our new songs that we're writing the vocals and the guitar line a little bit more than we've ever had yeah i feel like it's so important you know especially with the style of music that you're doing when you have something that has like it's slower it requires a lot of patience I mean, a lot of people make jokes about like what's the importance of a bass player in metal, but for like the style that you're doing, it's it's so important. It's crucial. It's an, yeah. I mean, he starts. Yeah, it's just like a third of the songs with like a bass solo. Gotta, There's always a bass solo. There's always a guitar solo. Like you need to have somebody. They're that, they're both pro- like prominent players, you know. So you need to have somebody that like I imagine you understand the genre and you're a fan of the genre. Absolutely, and that yeah. is huge because there's been plenty of times where I've been in bands with people where it's like. Oh, you know, so and so maybe they don't really listen to this style of music, but they can play drums, mm-hmm. and then it never clicks right. No, or any other instrument. Yeah. you know, we all have various different music backgrounds, definitely, but there's some overlap, and we do understand all of the genres that we all listen to. One of us might be heavier into another, but we understand the basics behind it, and you know, there are a few bands we bond over. Um, but where was I going with this? But yeah, so like the bass, the bass parts in this is is not like what you were saying. They're not like uh, a metal, like a technical death metal band would be. Yeah, that guy's just chugging along with whatever the the guitar is doing. Yeah, it's distinct. Yeah. It's distinct. It's, so it's that's always been intentional. It's important too. to have that overlay somewhere. We don't all have to love the same bands. And we could no, disagree, yeah. but you have to have somebody that understands that. Like, you know, when you have somebody coming in, like, I'd really like to be a part of your band, but like, I listen to classic rock. Sure. It's like, it's just never going to be there. That guy could be the best drummer, bass player, guitarist, whatever, but they're, they're never going to pick up on the, the real feel of it, I guess, unless you kind of embrace, indulge yourself, go to these shows, understand the, yeah. the audience, all of it. It's uh, it's, you know, do you want to be 
in this band or do you just want to be in a band? Yeah, yes. That's, exactly. that's a good way yeah. to say it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Russ, you said you moved up here from Nashville. Yes. So whenever they mentioned, you know, you learning all the material very quickly, that just sounds like some Nashville ass shit. Were you playing a lot down there or uh, filling in with bands or anything? No, not really. really? I, I was just okay. playing with uh, a couple of guys pretty much the whole time. Cause uh, yeah. you know, we liked heavier stuff and down there is just not, it's hard to find people to play. Okay. I just wouldn't have been surprised so. if you were just kind of like doing a lot of fill in gigs and stuff. Cause I know there's a lot of that in Nashville. Yeah. There's a bunch of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but no heavy music down there, huh? Not, not too much. So what is it? Just like all uh Jack white clones. Yeah. yeah country. <laughs> yeah. Screechy uh, vocals and screechy guitar lines. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jack White's okay. He's all right on that one. He's all right. He's an okay guy. Well, I mean, that's the tourists come there to see country music. So, you know, that's pretty much all that's there. Yeah. Yeah. What do they come here for? Permanis. Oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I get I so fucking annoyed. They really should. <laughs> when, when, you know, like someone on Facebook will be like, like, hey, you know, we're going to come visit Pittsburgh. Like, where should we go? And some Yinzer Jangoff's like, oh, my God, he's got to get down Permanis. It's like, there's so many fucking good restaurants in Pittsburgh that have Pittsburgh-style food. Like, it doesn't have to be coleslaw or sauerkraut on a fucking sandwich, you know? Sure. French fries. Yeah. On a sandwich. I, I mean, I love permanis. I love like permanis. too. I, but I, I would, I think it's it would never be the first thing that yeah, I would It's not a culinary anywhere. like exception to the city. Yeah. It's kind of like where you go when you're drunk at 2 a.m. because nowhere else is open. I mean, if I had a friend that the was. The carbs like, are alcohol friendly. That's all I've found in my life. If I had a friend that was like a total piece of garbage, I'd probably be like, yeah, permanis <laughs> is your thing. <laughs> but, you know, every everybody's different. So, you know, we're talking about Pittsburgh sandwiches. We're talking about Pittsburgh. We're talking about metal. We're not talking a lot about Pittsburgh metal. I don't get the opportunity to sit down with a lot of Pittsburgh metal bands, which is kind of silly considering I play in a metal band in the city. Just for whatever reason, there aren't a whole lot of metal bands that like to sit down and talk. Not the most social people. I've made a lot of good friends over the years, but there's still a lot of weirdos in the local metal scene. So I'm going to direct this to you, Shy, as somebody that outside of the band, you've promoted a lot of shows. You continue to do so, and you've worked and been a part of the local metal community for a very long time. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on the Pittsburgh metal community as a whole? And then we can get into the subgenres of it. Um, as a whole, we're very separated, unfortunately. Um, but within the subgenres, it's very tight for each one, I feel. Um, and I feel like definitely, um, since I'm the, like, you know, the old head here, uh, with the, the scene here, um, I see things die off and then come back 10 years later. And then like in that interim, something else comes through, like just different styles. 10 years ago, all you could find was a whole bunch of death metal bands in Pittsburgh and they all kind of sounded the same. And uh, you know what I mean? Like there was, there was a really like lack and a lot of people became just kind of like, well, that's not my style. And it was like five shows a week with the five bands playing together all the same time. Like it was just kind of so, so much redundancy. But right now I see a ton of music and um, a ton of different styles, but I feel like a lot of the people kind of stick to their kind of crowd. And I kind of wanted to be more crossed over because if you did go to some of those shows, you would find that, oh, they're good. Yeah. You know, like this is good. But, you know, just because, you know, I just feel like uh, Pittsburgh could be more open and sharing with each other, crossing shows and stuff like that a little bit more would be helpful. I think, um, I think it's starting to happen. So subgenres are great here. Yeah. But like overall, I think we were like we're always up in the better markets for metal overall but we're still a very tiny city that don't go out on mondays or sunday nights or whatever you know what i'm sure. saying so it's still kind of like limited where uh pittsburgh has always been like a a place of people that are creatures of habit that are stuck to like going to bed a certain time so they're not going to do this on a weekday or whatever and that like that lacks bringing in bands and i think that needs to happen a little bit more too but it's overall strong and stronger than it's been for a while uh i was at a show i was working a show last night and I looked down on my phone and I was scrolling through and I saw like 20 different people checking to four different shows that were like mainly happening in the area. And it just made me smile. And they were all different bands playing. And it just it was good to see people going out and supporting music. And like five years ago to 10 years ago, it was half that crowd at every show. Totally. You know, so it's good to see it. But uh, I think we just need to unite a little bit more. 
Yeah, I I agree with you 100%. And also stop promoting bands that don't work hard and aren't doing something unique. Or just get those friggin' bands to to do the work. I mean, they're they're the, the bands that don't do the work are the bands that start part of the problem in the conversation anyway. Like if you're not there, I think there are a lot of, as far as the Pittsburgh metal scene goes, it's fantastic. I I think it's fantastic. I think that people complain a lot about things that they're not doing anything to fix. I think that, uh, the booking, uh, is getting smarter, you know, sure. People aren't always going to come out on a Monday, but also like, don't book five fucking bands on a Monday and start at eight o'clock. No one's staying out till one thirty. Sure. On a Monday when they have to go to work. Or sometimes like, nine o'clock. I, yeah. With five bands. I, I'm, in, I'm in a band and I work full time. I, and I love a lot of the bands here, but like, I'm not staying out till 1231 o'clock just to see a half hour set. Like, you know, be smart about it. Like start the shows earlier, have less bands, be smart, you know, but, um, yeah, it, it's annoying. Um, when you try and, and, and anything, but you know, especially with you know, when you try and work hard to like get people to come out to a show, and you know the other bands aren't doing it, you know the other bands on the bill might not be doing it, or you just know that people are being lazy about it, and it's like you're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. You know? It can be really, really. Uh, those are the ones that are bitching about the scene. Yes, by the way, the people that yeah, aren't that's doing exactly anything. What I meant to yeah. Say. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody does want something. It is to easy them. to bitch, but just get in there and do some work. It's not that hard. And I think too, the one thing that I've dealt with a lot with uh, with Greywalker, and this is nothing against any of the bands that we've played with, but we've tried really, really hard to play with a wide variety of bands and different styles of music. I've noticed that, yeah. and I have no problem playing with bands, even if I don't like your band. I think that that's the thing, too. I think a lot of bands that I've dealt with don't want to play shows because it's like, oh, well, that band doesn't sound like us or we don't really like them. And it's like, yeah, but they're fucking cool. They'll bring 40 people. Yeah, that's why not. That's play what we want all them? the time. We're like, can we get a different audience? It's, it's because you know? it's not your thing doesn't mean it's not somebody else's thing. And I think there are a lot of bands that are playing shows for selfish reasons, which I guess you should. But in some way, too, playing can, live is the most selfish thing yeah. you could ever do. It's my like most indulgent thing that I do. But I think if you're being <laughs> selfish to a point where it's like every band on this bill needs to sound like us and it's all our people and that's yeah. it. And then you just have you're the same only 20 limiting. people that always come out. Yeah. You're not doing anybody you're not doing any favors. No, you're scene, limiting yeah. yourself and you're limiting the other other potential shows, that you, like the other people in the scene. You're that's what I'm saying. Yeah, everyone to Gooskies to watch your band practice. That's like all it is. It's <laughs> yes. not like a fucking show. <laughs> yeah, we, we love when we play with different styles of bands. I mean, early on, we, I don't know, three years Also, ago, we love playing Gooskies. Yeah. <laughs> We do love playing love it. It's it's for me that's the best vibe in the city. Like if you're in a metal band to play there, like it's always a good crowd. The crowd's always into it. The but. sound shit, and you still like power through it. Like it's so fun. But we <laughs> we played a show like th- probably three years ago now, um, and you know I I probably told you earlier, but like I'm not huge into punk music, but like you know I'll still go out and see stuff. And uh, we played a show with there's a Pittsburgh band Lansbury, I think they're called. Mm-hmm. They're like. I don't want to categorize them because I don't know what they're what they consider themselves, but uh, definitely outside of what I would normally listen to. And um, we played with like Mothership, so it was like Stoner Rock as a headliner, us in the middle is like kind of doom metal, and then kind of like a punk metal kind of thing. And it was fantastic, you know what I mean. And Limousine Beach also played that, yeah, Limousine which Beach. is a very different band, yeah, like a yeah. party band basically, like yeah, a party. And it was a great turnout, and you know the style. whole concept of like getting people who would nor- not normally hear your music to hear your music, like that's the whole benefit of all of it, you know, and that it can definitely work, but you got to like do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that if you are not in a position to be on the road every weekend or more, and you know, you're finding, you know, uh, more than half of the shows that you're playing are in your hometown. You're really doing yourself a huge disservice by not trying to at least play with different bands every show. Yeah. Cause that's the only way you're going to actually be able to expand your reach in the city. There's a lot of fucking people that live in Pittsburgh. A lot of people that like heavy music. Yeah. But they're not going to every local show. They're not going to underground music yeah. at all. You see them all at like uh, stage G when Primus Mastodon plays or something. Oh, there's a whole bunch of people here. Why don't we see these people at any of the local shows in Pittsburgh? And I think some of them are from the suburbs and they're driving I was gonna, in. I was going to say, but I want them to half of them live in Cranberry. But with I want fucking 10 kids, but yeah. I want them to be in the suburbs and still drive in. You don't have to do it ever like, as much as I do it. Of course not. But like, if you did it like once a month, it would be really cool. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that kind of goes into another part of the local music scene, which is local bands working with the promoters that bring in, you know, bands and you have to sell the tickets and open up for the band. It sucks. Yes. Sure. 
But I find that a problem occurs when bands like maybe Whorehound or Greywalker are like, fuck that, I don't want to do this. So then, you know, bullshit, dipshit band plays the opening slot on the big tour and they are the representation of local music to every single person that doesn't go to local music shows. So I feel like there's a bit of a responsibility that I've felt over time where it's like, fuck, if there's a show that I think we would be a good representation of the local music scene yeah. to open up for, let's try to get on that. So, you know, we've been able to, we've done like, uh, you know, like opening up for dark tranquility was an awesome show for us because it's like a very similar sort of thing for us. And, you know, we made a lot of fans at that show and a lot of people were like, who are you guys? Where are you from? We're like, we're from here. <laughs> yeah. We play shows a lot. If you like us and like, you know, more extreme metal stuff, there's plenty of opportunity. Please follow us. Please come out. We're, we're always looking out for those kinds of shows that are coming through. I mean, you know, that we, when we opened for Monolord, we had to sell tickets, but they have to make sense for yeah, us. To they do have it. to make totally, s- but, but, but we also always have the conversation. It's like, you know, we'll say, Hey, we're going to, we, we're thinking about asking to be on this Monolord show. Is everybody on board? And if everybody says yes, and it's like, well, guess what? You got to sell tickets if you want to do it. So like if we ask to be on this and we, and they tell us we got it, like sell tickets. But we yeah. don't, we actually fit it so well to our, like it's been fitting so well that we don't even have to try. That's because we have the people that come out to our shows that would go to this other show. And so we're like, Hey, buy the tickets off of us. And we don't even really push and they do. So that, we, we actually have a really great fan base. Like it's, it's small. But every single person counts in our fan base in Pittsburgh locally. And like, uh, they're just always really like it's they, the tickets sell themselves almost, because, you know, because we're paired up with it's it. It's the same thing with us. You know, if we agree to play one of those shows, it's never like, a, oh, this is going to be real tough. It's like, no, we know that it's everybody it's, that it's we like know the principle the of it kind of sucks. And sometimes we've played with bands that are really good and have been like legends in our scene but like we actually brought some more people than oh, they yeah. did yeah. when they played and yep. there was probably should have been enough promotion time for it and everything but we still brought more and we know we have worked for those ticket sales too and that band that's touring is getting the money but also they put their work in or we yeah. wouldn't even be trying to get on that show in the first place like so it it's never like a None of us are in this for the money. We understand that yeah. there's no money in but it. You, you, the the but, band needs money. But we you do have we do money, yeah, yeah we sure. do have principles about that. And uh the principle is we're not gonna work our ass off to sell tickets for someone who's gonna make money off of us. It doesn't make sense yeah, just to play. But there are certainly a lot of uh he said monolord, Ufa Mama, uh the obsessed, karma to burn. Weed Eater, like just bands like that that come through. We're an obvious, we don't sound like any of those bands, but we're an obvious we're local fit. choice, like no. fit that could go on to those. Mm-hmm. And we have no problem in getting on them either. Like we don't have to fight to get on them either because we've sold so many tickets. Yeah, but sure, you build those relationships line, with the promoters. And, we do the work, right? Yeah, that's what we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, but we have, when we first started out, we were on this, uh, I won't mention any of the bands that played, but a very popular nineties band came through that like made waves. Um, and they're, they're a little outdated, but I like had nostalgia with it. So, uh, we certainly liked it. We played at the hard rock with them and they put four other bands on it on like a Friday. Um, so we're like, there's families around us watching like this old school, like nineties, technical industrial feel old metal um okay. and then there's nirvana? us was it nirvana it was nirvana was it bush it was bush <laughs> it was Playing nirvana bush stone in its entirety <laughs> yes um nothing that popular at all actually but um still like there's people going to come out for this and then so they put like two redneck metal bands on with us and it was just too many bands it was a nightmare of a show they were like super disagreeable to work with too like one of the one no of the one bands, showed up yeah, on time the, no one showed up for loading on time except us and then like the other band got there and uh they wanted to use our kit and jd's like sure well you can use our kit but we want to go on right before the headliner and they're like well, but we have people coming and it's like well yeah we have people coming too and we showed up on time and we sold tickets like what the and fuck you want to use doing? our drum kit yeah so yeah that's how it works Ugh. but like yeah so it was like the they still gig around. This could have been a good show, but the promotion was like they let these bands come on because these people will bus. They'll bring like a school bus in. Yeah. With their friends from like Moon Township or like further out, even like, you know, somewhere. And uh, 
they're all into that music and then they get up there and they act a fool. Like they're kicking and punching and like doing like they're trying to, you know, uh, it's just, there are misfits. So we're not going to do those shows anymore. Basically is like the bottom line to that. Like we did one of, you know, one of our members wanted to play with his old school band and I was agreeable with it because it was nostalgia to me. I knew what it would be like, but I didn't know what the other locals would be like. And that would be three locals. It's just, it was too much. So we won't do those anymore. We just don't have to, especially with those, like those ticket shows. If there's, if there's like, it's usually we'll only take them now if we're the only local on it. Yeah. Because it's it's ridiculous. It's like you have three locals on this all trying to sell fifty tickets to, to all the same people. Yeah, it's yeah. it's dumb. It's dumb. And that it's like if you're not if you lack the confidence in this show that you need to book three or four locals to open up, it's like why am I playing? Exactly. Yeah. Maybe found a smaller venue, you know. Yeah. It's too too fucking much. It could be at the moose. <laughs> It's like they played gonna, they played the moose the year before and it was a sellout and it was a good show and there were good bands locally supported it just it didn't turn out well for us but we're not going to fight for those shows yeah we're, just we're not going to try for them i think just got to be strategic ultimately it's important to have those experiences as much as they suck because now you know mm-hmm. that is true every <laughs> failure is an opportunity to learn you ask yourself what did i do wrong how did that happen how can we make sure it doesn't happen again? Is and this, then you move forward a stronger person. Is this my beautiful wife? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talking heads joke. Mm-hmm. Great. I just watched a, you ever see the, the Muppets version where Kermit is uh, <laughs> David Byrne? You know what I'm talking about? I may have, but like, I don't think I have. I it's think tight. I want to. I'm going to check it out. It's tight. I have some. I have watched some <laughs> renditions of uh, Muppets takes with them doing stuff. And it's yeah. Great. Man, I miss the Muppets. So one thing that, speaking of the Muppets and things that are visual, um, you know, Whorehound is a very sonic band, but, you know, I don't see a whole lot of visuals, you know, music videos, things like that, promoting in 2020, being a band, getting out there. Has a, you know, you starting a TikTok page anytime soon. What's up with your social media game? What is TikTok? It's social media for teenagers. Okay. Uh, the social media game could improve for sure. <laughs> okay. it's, a, it's a conversation we have all the time. So um, I'm going to take part responsibility of this. Um, I hate being videoed. I hate photographs of myself. And um, I will take images of the band and I'll take video of the band doing their thing. But I never include myself in it. So when you do see stuff, it's usually that part of it, like in the background, the background stuff that like we have no control over. Um, but you know, if somebody takes photos of us or video of us, and sometimes we pay people to do it, you know, like, Hey, can you come out and do this? Uh, but we really don't want to be in your face with an image because we don't have an image. We have a sound, um, not saying we can't improve on that a little bit. Uh, but yeah, we're more just about music. I just, I don't really see us being superstars in any real way. None of us are really hammy here. Like we're not. Hey, me. Yeah, I mean, we, like we have, so um, we have a music video for one of our songs, Lapel David, and it um, it was a, a guy that I found on Reddit that, that does these videos. He basically just takes um, um, video, like stock video feeds and melds them together, you know, in conversation with you about what kind of sound you want. And so we're open to stuff like that, and it's not that we're anti any of that, I don't think. It's just that um, I think that we need to learn a little bit more and, and get better at it, you know, like it's hard. It's, it's really it's, hard. It's honestly very like it's this conversation around like, do you post every day just to post every day or yeah. should you have meaningful content yeah. or like, is it possible to post every day and still have meaningful content, which I don't know that it is. You and, know? and we have had like talks about doing videos and stuff, but we focus so much like, so we were talking about like how, so we went so long without writing, but like for most bands that have only been together for five years, they don't have as much content as we have musically. We really do like to write music. That's like kind of our headspace is what we like to do. And um, so when you want to go out of town and then play your few local shows um, and then there's a fest here and you're trying to write and then you want to record where where does like the video yeah, take precedent? Like where do you yeah. where do you push that to be the priority? And we kind of need to do that at some point. Like I know it's important. Uh, people like the visual in that respect, but like 
even when we do it, we're not going to be all super flashy or committing we're probably it. not yeah. going to be like speak for yourself. <laughs> I am speak. I actually am speaking for myself. I did. I not say I start this, but I'm the guilty one. Yeah. yeah. But, um, and I love, right. I love high end art. I love video and I love all that stuff. I just, I love making it. I just don't like being a part of it. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's I the could, thing. I could see like, you know, finding like, you know, like some, somebody with a good vision that almost makes more of like a short film to something, not necessarily like, you know, yeah. you're performing in yes. a video. Yeah. More of like a, that's probably something. Yeah, and we'd you be would much see. more in line with that. I mean, you know, even when we get photographs taken, it's like, are we just going to a fucking cemetery? Is that what we're doing? Because we're a metal band. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, can we do something different? It's so oh, hard. We struggle. So I've been looking for some railroad tracks. Yeah. For us to take <laughs> Yeah. We struggle a forest. so hard with it. And the other thing too is because like. Because you want to like, it's, you want to have the professional photo. You want it to look organic. But we're not models. Right. But we also don't want to We're not trite. models. Again, speak for We're yourself. not. <laughs> we're not we're not forest rangers so why would we be in the woods like like you know what i mean like why the hell you know but like yeah our first photo shoot was actually in allegheny cemetery and i said let's do this without graves like let's just get like the pretty trees because it's like just somewhere central that you walk in during the day for free and so like the the images i think we did have one in front of a mausoleum yeah but like we favored the one with the tree branches behind us, but like us to be like in the back alley next to the dumpster. I mean, sometimes we end up there, but like, that's not where the band hangs out together. Yeah. Like we're not practicing next to a dumpster. <laughs> it's just weird. Like yeah. I, it's hard to come up with a concept that doesn't seem overthought or trite or whatever. Yeah. It's funny now. Like we have our promo shots that we took for our last album and now we're getting ready to record a new thing. And, it's like, okay, well, I guess we should get a new promo. And I look at the one that we have, and I'm like, if we take another photo, it's going to look exactly the same. We have the same lineup. If anything, we've all just gotten a little fatter and balder, if anything. So we should probably keep this one. But it's still Hitting the same photo. Home, it's like, I just want to fucking like load it in the Photoshop and just like change the colors a bit so it looks like it's a different location somehow. Like, I feel like we should have just taken one shot behind a, in front of a green, green screen, screen and then yeah. just been swapping that out every two years. Yeah, you might as well. And it's like, do we smile? No, we're in a fucking metal band. We don't smile. You know, and it's like, oh, yeah. It's, it's gotta, we got to get. We got to get at least a couple black and white shots out there. You know, it's like, I think uh, there's, we need to get more comfortable with putting ourselves out there a little bit more, but we also need to know how to do that better. You know, not, not just being comfortable doing it, being comfortable that we know what we're doing and that it's going to be successful because, you know, a lot of the times when you post on anything, it's just, you know, shouting into, you know, shouting into the wind, you know, you're not, you know, you're not getting anything back from it. You don't know how it's doing. And, and, uh, I'm definitely not a social media expert. You know what I mean? It's a tough game. I don't, I don't get it completely, you know? Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, you know, uh, in terms of social media as a whole, it's definitely a youth driven culture. Yeah. And, you know, with music and rock and heavy metal also youth driven, but what whorehound is doing and what gray Walker is doing, we're not making music for young people by any means. It's definitely like music for people in our age range. So it's like trying to implement social media tactics for our target demographic that is already sick of using Facebook and Instagram to begin with. How do we tell anybody about what we're doing? Yeah. It's really, I don't know. It's just like, fuck, just got to make music. Put it on CD because all of these old heads still actually buy CDs in metal, at least as far as I've seen. Yeah. And then just play shows and be good at playing shows. That's all we can really do. Yeah. The Instagram stuff's just kind of like that's, that's extra. Kind of, that's kind of what, what, what the mindset becomes too is like we're focusing on all this stuff and then the Instagram and the Facebook and the Twitter get left, you know, left behind. And it's like, do I have time to do this? And, and the bigger like, bands have people paying. Exactly. Paid for to do this for them. Yeah. So to us, it's just. Where do we prioritize it? If, there, was, if there's anyone out there that wants a scammy unpaid internship to run our social media. You know what's funny? <laughs> Honestly, so before you came in, I mentioned I had that band Skies of Terra in here. Mm-hmm. And um, like they had a couple friends here with them that were just hanging out. And like one of them was like actually running their social media for them. And somebody else was like doing stuff. So they had like people that were like helping them that are they, just like can close I ask, friends. Were they all young? No, they're in their like late 20s, early 30s. Like that, my that's age. young. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's you're still I, not jaded. I don't know how old they all were. They they seemed like they were a little younger than me, but probably in their upper twenties. I mean, were sure. they just doing it as friends though? Yeah. Fuck. What, what kind of like? Well, we don't. What's have it any like friends. to have friends? Yeah. yeah. What kind of? What's it like <laughs> to have friends like that? Jesus Christ! No one's doing know. any of that for us. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just you just gotta. I don't know. Utilizing your resources, I suppose that it's. I don't know. Yeah, I was like, I was I like mean, bless you, because I don't have anybody to do that shit either. Yeah, I mean, we we're constantly looking into it. Like, Shine and I'll send each other articles all the time about like you know how how to how to be more effective with social media marketing and you know very quickly it just gets over my head and i actually purchased a class like one of those udemy classes like a year, and, that, a year and a half ago i logged in sick strong <laughs> but yeah yeah so even at the old college whenever, there's that whenever I do, <laughs> there is that yeah whenever i do I research on the stuff like that i find that like for the all these things that i read makes sense yeah. But it doesn't make sense for, for the us. people that I'm trying to get yeah. my shit in front of. Yeah, exactly. um, that's definitely true. Like you just you kind of have to just get your hands dirty in what we do to figure it out for you for your capacity. Like you know, a lot of these a lot of these people are just so much more popular in style of music. So like you have to figure out who you know, the shows that you go to, the people. You know, you kind of have to like have life experience in it to start getting that equation. But then you introduce other things that you're not so in, like into, like so, like we were saying, social media is like. I mean, personally, as a person, I just post band stuff of stuff that I'm supporting yeah. or whatever, and then cat memes, just because I like to keep it light, <laughs> and I like kitties. Um, but like, I just keep it light there and just like a presence there. But um, I don't think we're absent with social media. No, I think for what we're doing, we're just not as we could be doing a little bit more. But I think that like people probably appreciate that we're not in your face all the matter. time. Yeah. We update you when we need to. I think we're open to suggestion. Yeah. The, the one thing that really annoys me that I see a lot of bands doing is reposting memes. That's it annoys the shit out of me. Now, if you're a band and if you make your own meme. That's fine. It's not the way I would go about personally, but at least you're making your own thing. Yeah. But there's a lot of bands that just share like their funny guitar memes and stuff, and like from like their band's page, not like their personal pages. Right, right. And it's just like, tell me when you have a show. Tell me when you have a new album out. I don't need. What what the fuck are we doing here? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's like we talked about. Are you just posting for the sake of posting, or like, is there a point to it? Right. And yeah, that's that's where it gets away from me. It's like I don't want to do that and i don't know what to say like we didn't practice this week what the fuck do you want me to post about like I, you know and even sure. if we did practice this week we practiced last week too do yeah. you want yeah. do you want another clip of something so we're working on yeah exactly. yeah so oh wow you're doing what you're supposed to be doing cool so, or how has exciting new stuff coming like every week how often, well that's you know? the yeah. that's the worst thing those are the worst posts and please stop this I and mean, anybody who's doing it I've been uh, vague posting for your band well, stop vague posting for yourself. But the something's coming up. No, don't say something exciting's coming up. Just show us when it's exciting and you can announce it. Like you're you're just it's like just don't breathe air that you don't have to breathe. Excellent. <laughs> totally. Thank you. You got it. It's perfect. So with all of that being said, as we're rounding the corner to the station, we're getting ready to wrap this whole thing up. Is there anything that we want to talk about specifically before I pull the plug on this motherfucker? Or was this Do just you kind take of like this? A, a general chat? All right. So uh, Whorehounds. So we just came out with our third recording, third release EP uh, last November. Yeah. And only a year before then, we had our second record. And those are our, like, that's where we're going, guys. So, like, if you want to check us out, check out our second and this third release. Growling. Yeah. Scrowling. No. Guy in Colorado who hates her screaming. Only yeah. on the second one. <laughs> okay. I took his, I heated his advice and didn't scream on a third one. No, I just only do it where I feel like it fits. And yeah. our two song EP, I just didn't want to then, you know? Fair enough. So, uh, it's, uh, those are the two I would direct you to. Uh, our first show in Pittsburgh uh, is coming up on 321. It will be with um, Ernst, The Long Hunt, Iron Flame, Horse Burner, and ourselves. And it is a Descendants of Crom showcase. So these are bands that have played and will play Descendants of Crom again. Um, it's a little local and also regional showcase because there's regional bands in there. And I 
just think it's a great time for you to come out. It's 12 bucks for five bands. It's going to be a great night. Um, and then we have a bunch of shows. We're going out to uh, New England Stoner and Doom Festival in May. We're hitting Philly. We're hitting New York. Uh, we're just going to be doing a whole bunch of like offshoots. We're going to be touring a little bit later this year. And we just got a whole bunch of stuff that we're coming out with. Can't tell you when a new record's coming out because it could be a while, but we are writing. Awesome. And it's going to be heavy as fuck. Hell yes. Yes. So, and then for the, the, the people, the old people that have their social media, where can they find Whorehound? We are um, Facebook slash Whorehound Band. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are Whorehound420 on Insta, as the kids say. And Whorehound420 on Twitter. Yes. And uh, our, you can find our band camp uh, at pro-sludge.com. Yes. Hell yeah. And find that band camp. Yeah. And we have lots things. of cool merch up there. Yes. And before we wrap this all up, I'm going to give you Kermit the Frog talking heads once in a lifetime. Oh, this is amazing. Oh, boy. I wish I liked talking heads. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> you may find yourself living in a shotgun shack. <laughs> you may find yourself in another part of the world. You may find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile. <laughs> you may find yourself in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife. And you may ask yourself, well, how did I get here? Those shoulder pads are killing me. Dude, <laughs> they put so much work that's into amazing. this. It's gorgeous. Oh, it's, it's, that's awesome. There's a little leg shake. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually my favorite part. His little dance. Uh, it jerk. fucking rules. Same Fantastic. Was, same as it ever was. I relate more and more to those two old guys. Oh, uh, dude. Every day, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. I started at an early age relating to them. They were always my favorite. <laughs> it's awesome. I, I love them up. It's, I just wanted to share that. That was great. Thank, thank you. you for thank that. You. Thank, thank you. you all for being here. And that is all, folks. One more time. Thanks so much. Thank you Shot, very much. Russ, thank you. Brendan, Whorehound, Heavy Whorehound. Metal. Ah! <laughs> be sure to check them out I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode same time same place same channel you know the drill my name is Sykes start the beat 2020 woo woo thanks so much for listening and we are done my friends thank you thank that's you. it that's a podcast it'll be on the internet forever cool <laughs>